Hey there, welcome back to another episode of MVP Business, where we showcase leaders who live through their mission, vision, and passion to drive growth, profits, and loyalty. I'm your host, Steph Silver, owner of Vine Collective, a unique marketing and coaching agency where we meet people where they are on their journey to connect with customers and employees and rise to the next level of their work, home, and spiritual lives. Today's guest is Dr. Michael Bruce. Dr. Bruce is an author, speaker, and coach who teaches companies and individuals how to use sleep and circadian timing to increase productivity, lower cost, and make more money. His first book, The Power of When, can teach you the best time for brainstorming, presentations, email, sex, exercise, decision-making, and much more. And his new book, Energize, will help you go from dragging ass to kicking ass in 30 days. So that's, that's a lot of uh, promises there. It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it at big expectations. Um, we want to get to know you, Dr. Bruce, uh, sure. first. So first of all, thank you so much for sharing your, your time, um, yourself, and your expertise. We're really excited to have you here today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. So tell us, uh, first of all, a little bit about yourself and how you became a sleep expert, but maybe a little bit before, a little bit before that, the road that you've traveled. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so it's kind of interesting. I did not take a normal path. So most sleep specialists are medical doctors. Uh, they go to medical school, they'll specialize in either pulmonary medicine or neurology, maybe psychiatry. Then they'll do a second fellowship in sleep to become more well-trained there. Then they go on to practice their main uh, specialty and usually sleep is kind of a side gig for most people. Mm -hmm. um, some people go straight into sleep. Um, uh, it's a little bit more on the rare side, but we're starting to see more and more of that now. I did not take any of those routes. I am a very different human. So I have a PhD in clinical psychology. Mm -hmm. I am not a medical doctor. However, I did take the medical boards without going to medical school and passed. I'm one of 168 yeah. people in the world that have ever done it. So it's kind of like one of those law degrees where if you pass the bar, you're a lawyer. Um, I passed the medical boards. And so I am a, some people would say I'm a doctor doctor because I have a PhD and I'm board certified. <laughs> um, but it really was interesting because it really wasn't the plan. Um, when I started in graduate school, quite frankly, I wanted to be a, a clinical psychologist who specialized in sports and sports psychology. Oh. I wanted to work with athletes and make them, you know, the mental game of sports and get them all involved and get them to do better. I thought it would be cool. I thought it'd be fun. I like sports. So I thought that could be a, a neat thing to do. Um, finished my PhD and was going for my residency. And when you do a residency, you get matched with different programs that you express interest in. The best sports psychology program in the country for what I was interested in, which was eating disorders in athletes, um, University of Mississippi Medical Center, Jackson, Mississippi. No problem. I'm from Sandy Springs, Georgia. I'm, I'm from the South. I can't wait. Uh, the problem was is that they only let in the Harvards and the Princetons and the Yales of the, of the crew. Um, I went to the University of Georgia. It was a top 20 program, but I got news for you. It ain't Harvard. Um, but they had a sleep track on the side. They were trying to fill. They were trying to find participants who were interested in the study of sleep and were willing to dedicate some of their residency program to do that. 
Um, and here's the best part. I worked my way through graduate school in the electrophysiology department. So I know how to take apart EKG machines and EEG machines and put them back together because that was my job in graduate school. Mm -hmm. Guess what? They use the same equipment in the sleep lab, like identical equipment. So here's mm -hmm. what I decided to do. Just because you're not going to let me in through the front door of your program doesn't mean I'm not going to be in your program. It just means you haven't mm -hmm. figured out yet that I'm going to be in your program. So I applied to the sleep one, nailed it, and decided I'd transfer as soon as I got there. So I get mm -hmm. to the program, literally the first day, raised my hand. Dr. Bruce, what can we do for you? I was wondering about transferring into the sports site, <laughs> literally first day, right? Mm -hmm. And here's what they said. Dr. Bruce, we had a feeling you were going to do this. So here's what we, we propose. We have to keep the sleep track filled, but we only have to keep it filled for six months. So we, what we'd like you to do is do the sleep track for six months, and then you can move on into the sports psychology track for six months. I said, no problem. How tough could this be? I sleep every night, right? That's, that was literally what I said. By the third day, I absolutely fell in love with clinical sleep medicine, and I knew my I would never go back to sports psychology. I'll be really honest with you why, Steph. You know, in traditional clinical psychology, depression, anxiety, things of that nature, it can take weeks, months, even years to see treatment gains. I help people like that. It's literally sometimes overnight. And to be fair, when you change someone's sleep, you change their life. Um, and it's a great place to be. When you have that level of, in, of intelligence to be able to identify things and then help people in a, very, in a very particular way, and you can do it very quickly and it affects so many areas of their life, honestly, it's kind of like a dream job. Um, mm -hmm. I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I literally changed people's lives every single day. It got to the point where people would come in and they'd be like, Dr. Bruce, I've got to tell him. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. I changed your life. Great. So let's talk about, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that was kind of the place. And, and because sleep was such a new area of study when I started out, I've been doing this for 23 years now. So I'm 54 years old. So, you know, when you start to look at something like that, you're like, wow, you know, I kind of got into this way, way, way back in the day. And in such a non-traditional route for me, I really like to look at the whole person. So a lot of MDs and there's nothing wrong with MDs. I want to be super clear about that. They're my colleagues. They do great work. But a lot of times they're only looking at what they've been trained in. Right. So if you're a pulmonologist, mm -hmm. a lung doctor, you're only looking at sleep apnea and snoring. You know, if you're a psychiatrist, maybe you're only looking at the insomnia aspects of it. You know, if you're a neurologist, maybe you're only looking at those. What I like about the way I kind of come to a patient and work with people is I'm much more holistic. I take in both the mental health as well as the physical health side because I've got both of those kind of stuck in my brain. Um, and I feel like I can really you know, do some good work with people that way. So it's been a unique path for sure. Um, I'm not like all the other sort of sleep doctors out there, but at the end of the day, um, I feel confident that we give people a great opportunity to learn more about their sleep and hopefully change their lives. That's fantastic. I, I love that you got so excited about it early on. And I would imagine that you've probably helped a lot of athletes along the way naturally. <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing. I'll, I'll tell you that, you know, sometimes when you're working with a, a person or a group of people, you get that immediate feedback. But I, I, in all honesty, the feedback that's the most interesting to me is when I get an email out of nowhere, mm -hmm. somebody I've never met before. And they say, I saw your TED talk, or I read your book. And I did this thing. And all of these awesome things started happening. Everything else changed. Here's the thing. Uh, and you know, I say it kind of cavalierly, but we can break it down. You know, I said, when you change your sleep, you change your life. 
Here's the thing about sleep. It has a domino effect on almost every single system in the body. To be clear, if you have anything going on wrong with you and you have crappy sleep, it's almost impossible to heal. Hmm. So if you really want, like whether that's mental health, physical health, spiritual health, I don't care. If you're exhausted and groggy, you ain't doing what you want to be doing the way you want to be doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're certainly not at the level at which you want to be. So I kind of think of sleep as kind of one of those, like I said, domino areas in your life where if you just focus in on sleep and you figure that one out, the next you get hydration and the next you figure out how to breathe appropriately, honestly, everything else is gravy on the taters. I love that. So um, one of the things that that you and I spoke about when we met was, I I think, an aspect, like a really quick tidbit that is so, um, so easy to to learn as a concept, but difficult to wrap your mind around, which is the concept that, well, it starts with everybody's different. Um, and uh, what time you go to sleep, you just going for me, what we talked yeah. about was like going to sleep earlier can be the worst thing that you can do for your sleep. Oh, yeah. So, um, so talk to us a little bit about it. I mean, obviously, you, you've had a lot of training and then you've had years of, of expertise of, um, you know, really working with people. But how yeah. did you how did you come to the understandings? of where you are now about there's, you know, if you go to Dr. Bruce's website, there's a lot of, there's a quiz you can take and there's a lot of information to kind of get the nitty gritty without going yeah. too deep. And then of course you can get deeper and deeper uh, sure. as, as much as you want, but yeah. um, tell us about the foundational um, thoughts of how you go about. Sleep. So when I, when I was writing my uh, third book, the power of when, um, it was, it all started with a patient. So I had a patient who came in and, uh, I failed. I failed miserably. I couldn't get her to sleep. Um, she would stay up until one thirty, two o'clock every single morning. Couldn't ever fall asleep. She had to get up at like six 30, deal with kids, boss job. It was awful. We tried everything. We tried medication. Didn't work. We tried cognitive behavioral therapy. Didn't work. We tried herbal supplements. Didn't work. And so when that happens and let's be clear, I'm not 100% accurate, okay? Like, I don't know anybody that is. I'd say I'm a probably 75%, you know, cure rate in terms of insomnia or certainly helping people sleep, which are kind of rock star numbers, but it doesn't always work. So I bring them in again and I really, I start to do even more evaluation. Like I really start to look for what did I miss? What did I miss? So I'm interviewing this patient of mine and uh, she turns to me and she said the most odd thing. She said, if I just lived in a different state I think everything would be fine. Hmm. I was like, what are you talking about? She said, well, it feels like my body, this is at this time I was uh, practicing on the East Coast. She says, it feels like my time is on California time. Oh. Right? So she was like, if all I did, because she had family in California. And when she was up at one o'clock in the morning, she could call them because it was three hours difference and they were wide awake. And so she was like, if I could just move to California, I think everything would be great. And it kind of struck me. I was like, I wonder if her circadian rhythms are just so far off that she's an extreme night owl. Mm -hmm. We started to kind of dig around and get into that. And so I turned to her and I said, look, let's run an experiment. Go to bed at two o'clock, wake up at eight and uh, let's see how it goes. And she was like, Michael, you got to be kidding me. I'd be fired. My, My family would, you know, throw me out of the house. Like I've got responsibilities and things like that. And I was like, well, if I talk to your boss and I convince your family, could you do it? 
And she was like, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if I could, but if I, if I had the opportunity, I think I would try it, but I think I'm getting fired at the end of the week because I keep falling asleep at work. Oh, right. And so I said, no problem. Give me your boss's phone number. So I called the boss, talked to him for a few minutes. And I said, look, I'm a sleep specialist. I'm treating this person, blah, blah, blah. And he said, honestly, she can come in whenever she wants. I'm firing her on Friday. Right. So I was like, this was Monday. I was like, no pressure whatsoever. I said, I'm going to call you on Friday before you fire her. Let's have a conversation. He was like, sure, no problem. So what we did was we had her coming in at, I think it was like 10 and leaving at like, or 11 and leaving at like seven. Mm-hmm. And we worked it out with her family. When I called on Friday, her boss turned to me and said, I have three more people I want you to meet. <laughs> he didn't say she's fired, right? Mm-hmm. He said, this is a problem. And then that's when I knew I was onto something. And so I started to look at chronotypes. And so this mm-hmm. is a concept that many people have heard about, but you might not know the word. Okay. So if you've ever been called an early bird or a night owl, those are chronotypes. So when I had this extreme case, I'm kind of like a dog with a bone. I just like to get into the research and try to figure it all out. Like, how do I help this person, you know, better than what I'm doing now? Because clearly I wasn't doing a whole lot of good. So it turns out that there are different chronotypes and these are genetically predetermined. You don't actually get to choose them. You know, Mm -hmm. like, like a lot of people say, oh, I'm an early bird because I like to get up. It doesn't work that way. Okay. This is in your genes. I can go to your 23andMe or your Ancestry.com, and I can actually look at that genome. I can tell you exactly what you are. So the good news is, is this isn't a question. This is just an assessment so we know what, what's there and what's not there. So this has been around, by the way, since the 70s. This is nothing extremely new. I'll tell you the new part that I added. But we, we knew that there were early birds where there were night owls and there were people in the middle. We called them hummingbirds. I have no idea why. We call them <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. <laughs> I know it just Flutter seems around. stupid, right? But that seems to be the thing. So, so we had these, um, and and then I had my patient, right? Who's like an extreme version, and she had a lot of anxiety. And mm-hmm. we started to think about this, and I said, you know, I wonder if genetically there's something different. So I started to look around in the research, and it turns out there is a genetic form of insomnia that has very specific personality characteristics. So I identified her. But then I had a real problem on my hands because I knew that if, if I had one of these people, there must be thousands and thousands of these people. Because in order to get to my office, you have to be persistent. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. I'm one of the best in the world at what I do. I have a very long waiting list of people who want to come and see me. So if you get to me, you've tried everybody else before you've gotten to me. Well, with this one patient... It dawned on me, holy crap, there's a ton of people out there who have this weird genetic type of insomnia. And if they knew it and they could and they could do some of the things that I'm teaching this person to do, they might get some significant relief. So that was what we started doing is I, I created a methodology. I identified this uh, fourth kind of chronotype. Then I had to make a, a, a whole framework for it. Right. So there were early, middle, night, this insomnia one. So we decided to use animals. Um, because we mm-hmm. felt like it would be an easy thing for people to identify with. It's kind of interesting, but nobody wants to be a porcupine, <laughs> right? <laughs> nobody wants so to be I'm a bear, and I'm really excited about that, but you're right. I don't think I would want to be a porcupine. Exactly. So, so we had to find animals that people aspired to be, and we had mm-hmm. to find animals that actually represented the circadian cycle that they were representing. 
So that took a little doing. So early birds turn into lions. So lions are people who like to get up somewhere between 5, 5.15 and probably 6 o'clock. I mean, it's crazy the times that these people wake up. They make a list every single day and go from step one to step two to step three, kind of militant in their thinking. They have a tendency to be good COOs of a company, not CEOs, but COOs. These are the operators. These are the alphas that get up that early and you're getting emails from them at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, thinking, who is this idiot that is sending me information Mm -hmm. this early in the morning? That's a lion almost assuredly. They make up about 15% of the population. And by the way, most people wish they were a lion. I don't. Um, Lions have big problems socially. Um, They're exhausted. They wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Dinner and a movie is out for a lion, okay? That shit's not going to happen, right? And so then thinking through this idea, uh, it might not be the best one to be. Uh, Second one is a bear. That is you as you identified yourself. Quite frankly, I wish I was a bear. Being a bear is the best. (laughs) Um, the all of society's schedule works on a bear's schedule. Nine to five works perfect for a bear. I'm a wolf, mm-hmm. which is the night owl. Okay, so let me tell you a little mm-hmm. bit more about bears. Bears are 55% of the population. So one in two people is a bear. Once again, it's good to be in the high numbered group for sure. Um, bears have a tendency to wake up around 7, 7.30. They like to go to bed around 10, 10.30. Um, they're a little bit more on the extroverted side, but not always. Um, they do have a tendency to be a very fun, enjoyable group, but they get the work done, right? So lions have a tendency to be managing people. Bears have a tendency to be working and actually doing a lot of the work. And then they have a tendency to graduate into management and things of that nature. The next chronotype is a wolf or representing the night owl. So that's me. Um, I am a wolf. 15% of people are wolves. This is a very weird group of people. So this is the creative. So this is your actors, your authors, your musicians, Um, those types of people have a tendency to be night owls. And if you know anybody that's a creative, ask them when they got their inspiration. They never say two o'clock in the afternoon. They always say two o'clock in the morning, right? Or they Mm -hmm. woke up out of a dream and they had this vision of this next creation or something cool like that. Um, The problem with being a wolf, unfortunately, is we're very big risk takers. We also have the worst health out of any of the chronotypes because we are such risk takers. We hate exercise, although I love exercise and have found that to be a real solace for, for my stress relief. Um, uh, but uh, And we're hard partiers. Like wolves are the night people. Like we show up at 11 and we stay until three and we're fine with that. Um, so it, it works out well. We're very loyal friends um, and it's, it's fun to be a wolf sometimes. But uh, Monday mornings are never good for a wolf. Yeah. Never. Now, my contribution. So, so far, I haven't told you anything you don't already know, right? Early bird, middle of the road, night owl. That became lion, bear, wolf. So far, I haven't done anything miraculous to this whole environment. Here's where it gets interesting. And this is where that insomnia chronotype comes in. We call them dolphins. So the reason I chose dolphins is because dolphins sleep unihemispherically. So half of their brain is asleep while the other half is awake and looking for predators. And I thought that kind of resembled my insomniac patients who are never quite asleep, if you know what I mean. So Mm -hmm. dolphins turn out to be very much like lions, but with a lot of anxiety. So they have Mm -hmm. to wake up early. They have low sleep drive, unfortunately, um, and they have a decent amount of anxiety. Most of them make a list every day, go from step one to step two to step three, kind of like the lions do. But... They don't like finishing things. It's never quite done 
as far as they're concerned. They've got that OCD kind of personality trait that makes it so that they have to add more detail. They have to do more. Meanwhile, somebody standing over their shoulder thinks their work looks amazing, probably better than anybody they've ever seen, but they themselves are hypercritical of themselves, um, hypercritical of their health. Oftentimes they're diagnosed as insomniacs um, and they talk really fast and they're, they're, they're just highly anxious people, generally speaking. And so you go to chronoquiz.com, you take the quiz. Right? Once you land in one of these four categories, we actually know on real science data exactly what time to go to bed, uh, what time to have mm-hmm. sex, what time to eat a cheeseburger, when to ask your boss for a raise. It's crazy. Um, and, and here's why. Each one, once you know your chronotype, you actually know the pattern of your hormones. More specifically, let's take an example. So let's say that you're an early bird or a lion. Your melatonin turns off at about 5 a.m. and you wake up at, let's say, 6, okay? And you're off and running. But I'm a wolf. My melatonin doesn't turn off until 7.30, but I still have to wake up at 6. So guess what? Mornings suck for a wolf, right? Because I'm forcing something to happen that's not natural. And it throws off, it changes the entire cascade of my hormones because my hormones weren't ready to wake up at six. They were ready to wake Mm -hmm. up at 7.30, right? And so this is a very predictable path. And so what's cool about it is once you figure out what your chronotype is, you can actually predict with a very high level of accuracy certain times during the day when your hormones are naturally elevated to do the stuff that you need. So that's why I can predict the perfect time for sex, the perfect time for exercise, the perfect time for digestion, because all I have to do is follow these known hormone paths. I just have to know when they start and they all start based on your chronotype. Yeah. So interestingly, knowing that if you had a a lion and a dolphin together, like their sex pattern is not going to line up. Right. So So that's exactly the right question to ask, which, by the way, is the second most popular question that I get asked. The most popular question I get asked is, uh, what bed should I buy? Or what do you do if you wake up in the middle of the night? When we talk about chronotypes, the sex question is always what time is best for sex and what happens if the chronotypes of the people are off, right? So Mm -hmm. let's talk about it. So first of all, when you look at differential chronotypes, um, the good news is go buy the book because I actually created a matrix in the book and you can put your chronotype on one side, your partner's on the other, and I've already done all the science and the math for you. Exactly. A lot of that was going on. So that was the good news was I've already done all the science for you. So you literally have to look it up. Um, The other thing that was interesting is we decided to actually do three different matrices uh, so one for gay couples, one for lesbian couples, and then one oh. for straight couples because the hormone profiles are different, right? Oh, so interesting. Right? Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? So, it is fascinating. So we really wanted to get into the science. Of- Does it get complicated when you identify somewhere in the middle? So nobody's done that data. Nobody has any okay. idea what that looks like yet. So I'd love to I'd love to be the guy that figures that out one day. Uh-huh. Um, but so far, that hasn't been sort of the, the line of research that we've been following. But it is quite interesting. Um, what we've discovered is morning times as a general rule across all chronotypes is actually the best for physical performance and mental connection. Um, and it kind of makes sense. Which I think men have known that for a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, and so, well, and, and you, you hit on the, uh, the, the big, uh, 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 reveal, if you will, uh, what do most men wake up with in the morning? An erection. So if that's not yeah. mother nature telling you when to use that thing, I don't know what yeah. is right. Like exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, that was exactly my point. Like 
if we just pay attention to our natural tendencies, yeah. which is your point uh, through all of it, is let's not try to do just because this cultural norm, exactly. every person is different. And there's so many mixes of cultures now. Right. So Exactly. And so, yeah. so that's why I go back to genetics and biology, mm -hmm. because it bypasses a lot of that other superfluous stuff. And it just says, who are you as a human? What is your biological you know, trend? And let's just follow your biology, right? Let's not mm -hmm. worry about nine to five. Um, and, and here's the thing. And there's a lot of people are like, come on, Michael, that's not very realistic. People have to go to work. I got a newsflash for everybody. We just went through three years of COVID. Mm -hmm. And by the way, almost nobody went to work at their normal times. Everybody mm -hmm. could have followed a chronotypical bedtime and rise time. And everybody could have been doing much, much better than they do. Unfortunately, everybody decided to drink a ton of wine, a lot of caffeine, and watch yes. movies until four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and wonder why their sleep is all messed up. <laughs> so which type bakes bread and does yoga instead of all that? <laughs> right. That, that's the right question to ask, right? Uh, I think that's more of the advanced. If I had to pick one, I'd say that bears probably have the greatest likelihood of true balance in their mm -hmm. lives, because that's kind of what mm -hmm. you're intimating there, right, is balance. I would think yeah. that bears have the best likelihood of becoming balanced because let's be honest, lions are alphas, right? They're just gunners, gunners, gunners. Mm -hmm. That's all they want to do. That's how they get their satisfaction. You know, night owls, we're kind of weird. We kind of like to hang out, you know, and chill and be creative. You know, we're kind of outside of society. So I think bears are the way to go. Woo, I win. Um, so uh, I don't know how much I have not read the book yet. Um, okay. I've taken the quiz and I've looked through the website and everything. I'm wondering how much, because I, I feel like um, as, a, as a business owner, mm -hmm. someone who's been interested in health uh, all my life, yep. uh, I've been kind of looking at all these ways to, um, to no, I mean, I'm not like a maximized kind of person, but I, right. I'm, I'm a bear. I want to be balanced yeah. and do as much right as possible. And 100%. part of that is diet. So yes. there is this sleep and, and diet and um, nothing has ever frustrated me more than dieters, people who like just get on a bandwagon right. and say like, I'm going all in keto and I'm right. never, I'm, I'm eating only red meat and solid fat. I'm like, that can't be good. <laughs> no universe where that could be good. Exactly. So, um, so talk to us a little bit about um, how, how your, your chronotype and all these things kind of line up with all of that. Absolutely. So in my second book, my second book was called The Sleep Doctor's Diet, Lose Weight Through Better Sleep. So yeah. really apropos for this particular conversation. So let me just be clear and tell everybody what the science tells us about how sleep affects our ability to gain or lose weight. So there's five different things that happen when you become sleep deprived, number one. So first of all, what is sleep deprivation? Sleep deprivation is personal to you and you alone, meaning that, hey, what is sleep? If you sleep six hours and I sleep six hours, that might not be enough for you, but it might be plenty for me. So number one, right. figure out what, what is your level of sleep deprivation. Okay, now you know whatever that number happens to be. What happens to your body during that period of time is very interesting. So number one, your, um, your cortisol increases. Why does your cortisol increase? Because it doesn't know why you're still awake and it thinks I got to go get resources. So I need to be up and awake to do that. Cortisol is the opposite of sleep. I just want to be very, very clear about that. Um, and so what it does is it increases uh, something called hunger. There's a difference between hunger and appetite. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Okay. 
The second thing that happens with sleep deprivation is your metabolism slows down. Exact same reason, to conserve resources. Your brain doesn't know why you're awake, but it doesn't want to use up all the fuel that's in your system, so your metabolism slows down. So as of right now, we have high hunger and low metabolism. If we just stopped right there, everybody would know what's going on and why it's a disaster, but it gets much worse. So moving through into the hormone side of things, you start to look at sleep deprivation. It causes an increase and a decrease in very specific hormones. There's an increase in a specific hormone called ghrelin. That's spelled G-H-R-E-L-I-N. Ghrelin is your go hormone, and that increases your appetite. So appetite and hunger are two completely different things in your brain. You now have high appetite and high hunger. The other thing that it affects is your ability to feel um, satiated or satiety, meaning feeling Wow. So everything is going in the wrong direction. It gets even worse. So leptin, which is the thing that keeps that going, is reduced by 15%. Ghrelin is increased by 20%. So just by depriving yourself, you have elevated appetite, elevated hunger, lower satiety, and lower metabolism. You think this is a disaster, but no, it gets worse. Because here's what happens. You've got all this cortisol rumbling around your brain. Your brain doesn't like cortisol up there for extended periods of time. So it wants to quiet your brain. The way it does that is it produces something called serotonin which is the calming hormone. Many people have heard of serotonin. The easiest way to influx serotonin into your system, eat a Snickers, eat a muffin. Mm. So your body Mm -hmm. craves high fat, high carbohydrate foods to increase serotonin to quell that cortisol. So now you have cravings on, so you have high appetite, high hunger, low metabolism, low feelings of satiety and cravings. It's a miracle that anybody loses any weight ever if they don't get good sleep. So, Dr. Bruce, one of the things that um, that you do in order to help all of the different people, like not everybody can be a bear. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, like you mentioned, there's, you know, creative agencies that, you know, I've been in marketing for multiple years. And so creative agencies, I've gotten a little bit better at allowing some people to come in and t- at 10 and stay late, or a lot of tech firms realize that their folks really work best from, you know, noon to midnight or whatever it is. So they have flexible hours, but not everybody is like that, especially some of the older, larger companies, but you've been able to get in and um, use the power of data to to help the, the leadership understand that, I mean, they're all about maximizing productivity, right? So there's a culture element, and then there's true productivity and profitability. You're able to get in there and prove to them that flexibility of schedule is beneficial for all. So talk to us a little bit about first of all, how you're able to make that leap. And um, we don't have a ton of time. So so I also would love to know, maybe we'll do a, a second or a follow-up or a private session of how you've been able to be so amazingly successful at, at what you've done and share the stage with people like Tony Robbins and all sorts of fantastic folks. But um, but what's, what I think our audience is really interested in is how they can kind of bring this uh, expertise into their businesses and their leadership styles. So I have a great example for you. Um, uh, if you're familiar with Bulletproof, uh, it's a company, Bulletproof Coffee, uh, Bulletproof Labs. So uh, my friend Dave Asprey, who's been a big supporter of my work, as soon as I came out with The Power of When, he read it and he was like, I'm going to chronotype my whole company. Yep. And he did. 
Um, and it was really smart. And then they started having meetings. So all the lions would be, lions don't care about meeting at seven o'clock in the morning, but if you stick a wolf in there, they're going to be pissed, right? Mm -hmm. So wolf meetings were later in the day, lion meetings were earlier, and we started to see dramatic productivity changes. So number one, I kind of had a case study and it was with a biohacker kind of guy who's pretty well known. So people were like, okay, if, if Dave thinks it's okay, let, let's start to talk, you know, take a look at it. And um, we really started to get involved with companies and starting to understand what they were looking for. And here's the thing is companies are, are looking for sustained profitability and sustained productivity, right? There's lots of programs that increase those two, those things for a short period of time, and then everybody stops doing the program and it goes away. What people seem to like about sleep is it's a life skill. And mm -hmm. so, you know, what we were talking about, I think, at the beginning of the show is I like to do things that affect a lot of different systems. Sleep does that even in business. So not just talking about the physical medical systems, but here's the deal. If your employees are sleeping better, they're in a better mood. So that's number one. Your customer service is going to be significantly better. Your leadership is actually in a better mood. There's a lot of data looking at leadership and sleeplessness or cranky leaders. And to be mm -hmm. fair, nobody likes following a cranky leader. Nobody does. So at the upper echelon, all of those people need to be nice, pleasant, well-slept, um, things of that nature. Believe it or not, there's an entire line of research just looking at sleep and productivity, absenteeism, presenteeism, things of that nature. And so what I'll do is I'll also bring forward some of that data. The great piece of data that shows that um, every single employee who is not sleeping well is costing you $2,300 a year. If you have 100 employees, <laughs> that's a lot of money that's going out the door from productivity when all you have to do is educate, institute a program so that they have some background, they feel better, their work goes up, their happiness goes up, their life goes up, and then everybody's working at the same pace for the same goal, right? Mm -hmm. So I think what a lot of companies don't look at, if they addressed it or they came to the, to the employee and they said, look, we know that when you're at your healthiest, you're going to be your happiest and you're going to work your hardest. So our goal is to just make you the healthiest you that we can. You already mm -hmm. know your job, right? We mm -hmm. hired you for your job. You've got that skill set. Now let's come in and let's figure out how to make you as healthy and happy as possible so you can do your job as well as you can do. If people mm -hmm. would just come at it with that kind of attitude, I can assure you we'd have a lot more programs and things like that that are going on. But the good news is, is that people are getting interested in sleep. And uh, I feel like I've had something to do with that. You know, we can kind of transgress over to the, the second question, which is how did I become so popular and how did I end up doing all of this stuff? I'll be really honest with you, Steph. I'm a great speaker and I've had probably 200 hours of media training, but it's not me. It's the topic. Mm -hmm. everybody has a question everybody every time you see me doing uh like as an example every time you see me doing a television appearance the second that i get off of it the entire crew circles me and starts asking me questions about how to fix their sleep mm -hmm. every single time i've never had it not happen okay so the topic is one that i think people are interested in I just don't think there's enough guys and gals out there who are like me, who are willing to throw it out on TV and, and say, look, here's what I think you should do. Also, to be fair, I'm super prescriptive. 
I don't mind telling people what to do. Okay. Like, and I don't mind telling people when they do something stupid. Right. So like, you know, when somebody turns to me and says, yeah, I'm taking 10 milligrams of melatonin. I'm like, you're an idiot. That's the first words out of my mouth. And it usually stops people cold. They're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, he's like, my pediatrician said I could give that to my kid. I'm like, wow, you have, I would change your pediatrician. And, and by the way, I've talked to pediatricians and I've educated them before. They have no idea. They've never been taught a lot of this stuff. So the reason I think I'm as popular as I am is I'm a regular guy. I'm just trying to answer people's questions about sleep in a very efficient and effective way, um, not wasting their time. We built the brand in a very specific way. You talked about branding, marketing, things like that. Here's my brand, The Sleep Doctor, in a nutshell. If you walk out to your backyard and you have a plate of burgers in your hand, you start up your grill and you throw some burgers on there, and your neighbor is also on the grill, and they've got some food on the grill, and it turns out your neighbor is a world-renowned sleep expert. And you just have two quick questions for them because you don't want your burgers to burn, but you got to get your answer quickly. And you know, this person's an expert. That's the brand. Right? Mm-hmm. It's that conversation over the fence. Hey, Michael, I'm having a problem falling asleep. What do, you, what do you think? I ask two or three questions and I give them targeted, pointed advice, specifically personalized to them. That's all the brand is really trying to accomplish. Um, and sleep is a great place to do it because everybody's got a problem or wants to do it a little bit better or has a family member that doesn't do it well. So it turns out to be a great topic. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I experienced from you uh, and how I I, <laughs> I met you and got interested and, and learned. I love when experts are so uh, willing to give you a bit of data that is really, truly helpful, not go by my book or come see the presentation because you can't always do that or you need that little thread in order to say, oh, oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that. Now I'm going to go buy the book. Now I'm going to, you know, take the yeah. quiz and find out you know, how, how to go even, even deeper. So you have, um, like you mentioned, multiple different books, you know, The Power of When and Energize are the, the two that we've talked about. And um, yep. we didn't really get into like your big life changes that that got you into um, writing the book, Energize. But part of that is even knowing this information, you weren't, you were, you're human. And um, yeah, no, I had a heart attack. That's what happened. So, so look, I'm the sleep doctor. I'm as fallible as anybody else. Right. And so when you get on the road and you really start working hard, um, and you're lecturing and you're helping people and you have tremendous stress. I'm a runner. Um, and I, I don't, I can't run long distances, but I can run fast quick. And, you know, when you're sitting in the hotel and it's 1130 and you've just given your third lecture of the day and you can't figure out how to wind down, you go to the gym and you try to run a seven minute mile and then you try to run a 650 and, you know, then you're dumb, right? And I was dumb. And, you know, I just overtaxed myself, thought I knew everything, you know, doctor heal thyself moment. Um, And I was out to, fortunately, I was out to dinner with some friends who were physicians. (laughs) And uh, I came back to the table and I felt awful. And uh, I just turned to my wife and I said, I don't feel so. And that's the last thing I remember. Um, Fortunately, the physician who was with me actually was whipping around the table and caught me before my head smacked onto the pavement of the restaurant. Um, and, um, obviously I came back, uh, but it happened five times in the series of about 45 minutes. So that wasn't fun. Um, (laughs) um, and, uh, you know, when I, when I was in the hospital and spending the night there and really thinking about things, it was like, 
I need to slow my pace down. I need to really think more about helping myself sometimes than always helping everybody else. You know, that old put the oxygen mask on your face, mm-hmm. not on your passenger um, type of idea. And so that's what I had to do. Um, and I, I'm glad I did. I mean, now I'm around for my kids and my wife and my family and and I can help a lot more people now, um, actually, that I'm a lot more chill and doing my own thing. So that's why I have a super important morning routine. That's why I make sure that I get the sleep that I get. My nutrition is, it's okay. But to be honest, I love ice cream. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's like, you you just have to think it through and you really have to see what works for you and what's right for you. But even the experts of the world, we don't know everything. I mean, look, I I basically bullied myself into a, a heart attack Um, for really no reason other than stress. And so what I tell people all the time is, to be fair, right now, it's one of the most stressful times in any human's life, okay? I don't know about you, but I've never seen stuff like this. Whoever thought there'd be a pandemic, okay? Whoever thought that people were going to be shelter in place and locked in their homes? I mean, I'm worried about every person I know's health, and I'm worried about them exposing me, and I'm worried, worried, worried. I mean, that word seems to come up a lot ever since COVID hit and all of those things. And so to be fair, nobody's sleeping great these days. And you know what? That's okay. Our bodies know what to do. That doesn't mean everybody should run out and get a prescription for Ambien, right? Or go take, you know, Tylenol PM. What it means is tighten up your, you know, your self-care. You I haven't told anybody anything that they probably didn't know or couldn't figure out pretty quickly about doing their their thing, right? Wake up at the same time every day. Stop caffeine by 2 p.m., right? Stop alcohol three hours before bed. Exercise daily, but stop four hours and do my 315s. Honestly, this isn't rocket science. It's just prioritization. (laughs) It's it's prioritization and, and it's also paying attention and getting to know yourself or paying attention 100%. and getting to know the people around you. Um, obviously, uh, you know, go to the website and, and read the books yeah. to, to get to know the details. But a big part of life and health and and same thing with, with your business. You know, you can like push forward so hard and particular goal and it's just not working. Well, why? Like right. going to those back, you know, seven levels of why. Um, it could be that you're pushing too hard and everybody's so stressed. So nobody is thinking correctly and therefore nobody's sleeping and nobody's eating correct and like blah, 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 cascade down. And, it's, and, and, you know, performance is not necessarily, um, you know, people think about business like, oh, it's this over here thing. And then health is over there and family is over there. And there's all these different corners. Like, no, 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 they're all intertwined. Um, and it's not a coincidence that your business is failing at the same time as your marriage. Like there's something that right. you're probably not doing correctly. Um, so I, I encourage everyone to, to get onto the website. Dr. Bruce, tell us again what the sure. best ways to find you and to find this information. Yep. So my website is a great place, a great resource, thesleepdoctor.com. You'll never forget that one. It's an easy one. Um, we actually also do product reviews, which has been great. So we have mattress reviews. So if folks are out there looking for that, we, I really go in and we test it all. Um, we have supplement reviews. We have all kinds of things out there for people who are searching for tools. Um, but we also have a lot of content. We you, you don't have to buy something when you come to my site by any stretch of the imagination. Um, there's tremendous. And you can take the quiz for free. Of course, of course, yes, the quiz is for free. 
All of that stuff is for free. The goal here is just to educate, educate, educate. And if we help you locate something that works for you, great. If, if we don't, that's okay too. You know, let us know if you found something that we don't know about because we'd like to know more. So I think if you want to do that, or you can follow me on social, I'm in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, it's all the sleep doctor. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Bruce. I really appreciate all the information and insight. And it's just like scratching the edge of, um, of we'll have to uh, do it again. Service. Well, we do it again and, and learn even more about your processes of working with, uh, with individuals and with businesses. And I think that's, that's a huge thing. A lot of people don't think about with sleep right. is that it's not just an individual problem. It's a right. systemic issue that, like you mentioned, every single person on this earth ha- can improve. Yeah, um, it, it is one of those things that a lot of business leaders never identify. Like they like a lot of them identify weight loss or smoking cessation as, you know, programs that HR can kind of institute. Almost nobody thinks about sleep and sleep is more effective than either one of those. Because if you're sleeping well, I can make sure you lose weight and smoke better. Smoke less. You smoke better. <laughs> smoke better. Feel better. Smoke less. <laughs> or hopefully smoke not at all. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> your, your sleep affects everything. So thank you so much again. And uh, we'll talk again soon. In the meantime, I highly encourage everybody to go out and um, find their chronotype and um, all, all bears unite. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again. I want to wish everybody sweet dreams. This is Dr. Michael Bruce, the sleep doctor. Take care. Thank you. Hey, so what did you think of MVP Business? If you liked it, please subscribe and tell all your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you didn't like it, don't just leave. Let me know what I can do to improve, who you'd like to hear from, and what you'd like to learn. The mission of MVP Business is to share the strengths and struggles of leaders who have successfully grown their businesses while staying true to their mission and vision so that other entrepreneurs can follow, knowing that the path isn't easy, but the journey's worth it. If you believe in this mission, please help by living it and sharing it. In the meantime, enjoy the day and live with passion.